Hello, everybody, and welcome to the HTML All The Things podcast, episode number 14, Communicating with Customers. I'm your host, Matt Lawrence, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Mike Coran. What have you been up to this week, Mike? Yeah, hey, Matt. Uh, so this week, I've been looking at a little bit of server infrastructure stuff for us, um, looking at DigitalOcean to be hosting our server side, possibly both sides. I uh, don't know yet about that, but uh, been looking at that and then some Docker stuff because... DigitalOcean has a cool thing where you can create a Docker container, which is like a self-sufficient server-side uh, kind of app applet on your own computer. And then all you have to do is kind of click upload and then copy everything over to DigitalOcean. You don't have to do any sort of maintenance and any sort of setup on there. You can just kind of set everything up on your own computer locally and then just, you know, click upload to DigitalOcean and everything kind of works. So... I've been looking a lot into that, um, and then I've been doing a little bit of work on the filters for the hat site or the na- navigation for the hat site. Uh, so that's coming along. Uh, other than that, just work as usual. So what about you, Matt? Uh, so same, I guess same kind of thing with the in terms of the hat site. So not not the server infrastructure, but I have been working on it. I've been doing the I'm doing the UI here and there right now. So basically, to kind of break it down a little bit, basically what it, what there is is there's the uh what we call the hub so the hub is sort of where you see all the posts like in a in a big like list this is sort of like your reading list or something like that or your homepage, maybe on medium that type of thing to uh kind of bring reference in but so basically like that that's that's more or less done the hub is more or less done you're working on the filters and then obviously the the actual articles will lead to full article pages so i am working on those full article pages because uh the design has changed uh, I think we've mentioned this in the past, but the design has changed from the original design, which they were all going to be the same cover photo with like your basic meta, like, you know, your title, your date, your whatever else. And then there was going to be, you know, your written material. Now there's like a little bit different because we have different things like templates and that type of thing. Um, and Webflow, we needed them to all, all the pages to be the same or very close to being the same. This time, this time we don't, like we were able to change it. So some of the, some of the pages are going to be, uh, some of the pages are going to be more like, uh, I, I guess, I guess like almost like an app marketplace kind of thing, uh, like a little bit. So there's going to be like a, a gallery and that type of stuff. So I've been kind of like messing around with that kind of thing in view. Um, and I've basically finished the blog one. So that's like the first type. That's the most basic type. And then that's because it's the most basic, that's going to be my template uh, for different uh, for the other full like the other full post things. Um, however, uh, one thing I guess we should mention, or one thing I guess I can mention is that we, it's interesting in view because uh, we had, we had a discussion in person where we decided to do everything in components. So like, obviously we're doing a lot of stuff in components, but we've actually decided to have each of these types of posts in different components. And it's interesting. Cause like I'm making a UI in piecemeal and I'm starting to kind of understand what you're doing. Cause you're doing all the back end stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's like interesting because I'm like, okay, he's pulling this, he's pulling that. It's not like a traditional web page where it's like, okay, I need, you know, blog.html and I'll pull from an SQL database into the text field and then the text will populate with a new text. It's not like that. It's it's totally different. It's 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 like a completely different experience. So it's like super interesting. We're learning a new framework. I'm learning a new infrastructure. So I don't know. It's just it's just something super kind of interesting. Every time I go in, like I I never get as much work done on it as I think I'm going to because I find something and I like find like a string and I start pulling at it because I start reading about it. But I mean that's good because going down the road we'll be able to actually 
like you know do better with it and actually upgrade the site because i have a couple of uh, iterations uh, thought up as well like kind of just uh, theoretical at the moment obviously because the site doesn't itself doesn't exist um but one other thing to mention too is if i if i sound different it's because i now have my boom arm and pop filter so no longer on the blue little desktop stand thing i am now on a proper boom arm and pop filter and i'm right up to the mic i i uh project my voice is a kind way of saying i yell and i'm loud so uh put a pop filter on this thing and now that I can actually be right up to the mic, Mike, uh, Mike himself uh, said that he can actually hear me better even on the Skype call, which is obviously like compressed audio. So that's mm-hmm. that's good news, and hopefully it will. Uh, actually, I'm like I'm watching the wave live here, and I'm not being like half as loud in terms of the wave as I was before. So that's 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 good news because um, my peas would definitely pop without this thing. But. Moving on, uh, I think our listeners want to uh, hear the actual like synopsis of the show. So obviously, communicating with customers, um, we're going to be covering a whole bunch of stuff such as uh, how communication can be difficult, uh, especially when dealing with new customers. Uh, customers are people too, though, so that's like something you really need to keep in mind. And uh, they like to communicate in different ways, just like how our friends will with different chatting apps or different vi- types of calls, or maybe they don't like calling, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So certain tips and tricks can really make your communication efficient and easy. Easy to follow. And as always, I'm going to go through the segments before we dive in. So segment number one is establishing channels. Segment number two is different types of communicators. And segment number three, the do's and don'ts. And then, of course, our recurring segment, web news, which is social overload. Overload always seems to be the or noun plus, I guess, overload always seems to be uh, one of the topics. But it's definitely a conversation starter, and it's definitely something on a lot of people's minds. So Stay tuned for that. But let's dive in right to the first segment here, establishing channels. So establishing channels can be critical. And what I mean by establishing channels is specifically with uh, how to get get contacted. So with so many ways to get for your customers to contact you in various apps, you know, they can contact you in apps, they can contact you in emails. It's it's very important that you make it clear which channels your your new customer should contact you on so that you don't miss messages. So... If you think that if you if customers think that they can, you know, maybe they find your Instagram and they think, hey, I'm going to go and DM this guy on Instagram. But let's say you never check your Instagram DMs. You know, you might be losing on a potential business. Same goes with everything else. Most most apps have some sort of contact section, some sort of chatting section, some sort of messaging section. And so you can miss things out, miss out on things like rather frequently. So. Existing customers uh, will sometimes suddenly change your communication channels without warning, though. So this is one thing where, let's say you've been working with a person, so this isn't for the new guy, but let's say you've been working with a person for a few months, and the whole time, like, they haven't said anything, but the whole time, you know, their primary chatting app is is Skype. And so they just so happen to find you on Skype, and they just start messaging you on there, but you don't check your Skype frequently, or you don't check for them, you know, you're just not paying attention to Skype. And so... You know, you might result that might result in missed messages. So it's it's really important that you firmly establish uh, which methods you actively use um, and do that publicly so that they know uh, which ones to stay away from. Um, so like like one way to do that is obviously to just to literally just tell them like, hey, I'm going to talk to you via email, whatever. Um, I'm going to talk to you via like messaging, or if they like, if let's say they do a Skype a Skype message without warning, you literally just say like, hey, dude, like I don't I don't check my Skype often. So if you wouldn't mind just, you know, keeping it into whatever channel we were in SMS or email or whatever, that'd be great. And people, you know, generally will understand sometimes they'll press and you can kind of make a decision on based on that. But you know, just make it clear that you're only wanting to use these communication channels so that you don't miss their messages. And you know, that's like a benefit to them. And more or less, they will be 
you know, willing to actually bend to uh, what you wanted to do there. Um, sometimes customers will want to migrate to different channels or a hybrid of couple uh, of a couple after working with you for a while. Um, and generally, we will actually do this if it makes it easier for the customer. So, for example, we have a customer where we've been working with them quite frequently, and it got to the point where uh, this customer is rather hands on, and there's a lot of emails exchanged, which is fine. There's we're doing we're on a big email thread, and there's a couple email threads going on for different topics, which is totally fine. But one of the things is that email really isn't an instant messenger. And we started getting to the point where it was like two or three word emails, like change the title or let's, let's, let's change to Arial font type or, you know, stuff like that really off the cuff, you know, comments. And so we slowly started moving to SMS. So we have SMS for those things. And then I will write sort of more formal reports slash emails in an actual email on these various threads that we have open. But just, you know, it's something that we're more flexible on. And obviously the customer is more comfortable with because he likes to just sort of you know, like fire off a couple of different features that he'd like to maybe touch on or like maybe it's a concept or maybe he'd like something, you know, just directly change. Like I said, the font type uh, is self-explanatory, but he'd like to just send those off whenever. And then whenever I, you know, go to work on the site, I will check my SMS from him and then I'll check the email from him as well. And then I'll just sort of, you know, prioritize and go through as I can ask questions as I need to, but it's easier for him. It's easier for us as a result of that. So just something to keep in mind. Um, establishing your channels um, is, uh, is is actually like rather easy to do like it's not something that you need to like be like super set in stone so basically what you basically have to do is you have to clearly state them uh when asked in a meeting so or like listing them in a contact page or clearly defining them on a on a bio uh, on a bio or profile uh on social media so just a few examples so you know on your site if you have like a website that you know you're directing customers to you like you know if you just want email just do email if you want sort of the more anonymous email which is you know kind of frowned upon by some folks but like just just having an email form some people don't like that but if you want to do that then you know then do that and then that directs people to that don't don't like you know mention sms don't necessarily mention a phone number unless you potentially want to get called or texted like just you know naturally direct people to where you want them to contact you because they're going to go generally to the uh, the path of least resistance and then on social of course people put emails in their instagram bios people put people put uh, like little notes in there like, hey, make sure you do this before retweeting us. Hey, make sure you do this before reposting us. Stuff like that. And you can be clear with stuff. If you're really, really against Twitter DMs or if you're really, really against Instagram DMs, you can literally say, hey, I, I, I don't check Twitter DMs on this account. Please direct all things to my business inquiry email. Something like that. You can do that. Um, now, one thing though is because there's so many ways to communicate with somebody uh, and it's so fast nowadays, uh, there is a lot of, there's a, or there's a rather large chance that a lot of people won't actually even read those things. So those things are how you direct people to the different channels. But what happens if the people don't read the directions as people do? Well, the one thing you should really do then is, you know, keep in mind what accounts you have uh, that have messaging and that type of thing, and maybe check them once a week um, or more or less, depending on uh, how urgent you think things are. But make sure you just go through them. And this especially goes for your spam filter or spam folder rather uh, on your email, because we've had problems where people have sent us a bunch of emails in a row with like a bunch of content which we told them to send but the spam filter would be like hey this guy sent you like eight emails in five minutes and there's a bunch of attachments i'm i'm marking this this contact as spam 
and so we don't see anything for weeks and then it's a big problem so what we've started doing is checking checking our spam boxes at least once a week make sure you know hey like yeah sure maybe something's a week late now but at least it's not four months late and you know we can just tell the guy like oh hey sorry it went into my spam box and you can keep moving on uh, also new business opportunities could possibly come through the spam box um, there's obviously going to be a ton of spam in there so be careful when you're in there but you know make sure you check your twitter dms your spam your spam filters or your spam folders um, and your instagram dms and all that type of stuff just to make sure that you're catching everything and make sure that when you're in those channels if someone's you know twitter dming you and you'd, you'd like to you know maybe specifically use email you can absolutely tell those people hey you know uh, I want to move this conversation to email if that's okay. I don't really use Twitter DMs. Is it okay if you email me here? And most people are happy to oblige. Yesterday, I had something similar um, on Instagram where somebody was trying to send something over Instagram uh, DM, and it just wasn't working. So I was like, hey, let's just move this to email. It's a little bit more of a traditional uh, communication type, and let's you know let's get the ball rolling that way just so we don't waste any more time. So just, just you know, some communication channels to uh, keep in mind. Uh, I don't know if you have any other comments on that one, Mike. Uh, you know what? You covered that pretty well. I just, I don't really have any other comments, but I have a story about communication that I'd like to uh, tell. And we had that one, um, that one time where we, like, like we've told a couple of times, we have a couple Chrome apps. One of those Chrome apps has multiple outlooks, multiple accounts for outlook.com. Right. Uh, and one time I just was randomly eating dinner and I got a call from Texas and I was like, who's calling me from Texas? I have, I mean, I have a client in the States, but I didn't. So I decided to pick it up just in case it was them. And it turned out to be uh, a woman and she was using multiple Outlook, multiple accounts for Outlook.com and had an issue where none of her accounts were showing up. So it was a random thing. I guess my phone number was in there somewhere uh, as a like a support number for our accounts. But uh, what, what ended up happening was um, they just had an issue with an internet connection and I helped them troubleshoot it and they were happy and along their way. But I think well, like the point of the story that I want to make is that like not all of your communications are going to be kind of set up by you or by your uh, intention of how people are going to use them. And sometimes you just got to roll with the punches. Sometimes you're going to have to like, you know, break your own rules, go go with it. And if you pick up the phone and it's a customer calling, uh, even if it's a small issue like that, maybe help them out anyway, because who knows in the future that might, you know, generate some more goodwill toward towards your company. Um, but yeah, that was a really weird and interesting situation that happened and I had to kind of use my IT skills to figure out what was going on but thankfully it wasn't any problem with our app it was uh, just their home internet connection uh but yeah other than that I think we can we can move on um I don't know if you want to take away for that first part of that segment Mike sure yeah let, let, let's uh, let me take over a couple of these so uh segment two different types of communicators so uh, as you work with clients, you will start to understand how they work. So, but more importantly, how they communicate and what they generally expect. So people are different. Uh, that's pretty much what that means. So like if you, if, if, if one client really likes email one, like not, that doesn't mean that you can use that template for every single client that you have. Uh, we have multiple examples of people only wanting to, uh, to use phone, only wanting to use email, only wanting to use text messaging. It's just one of those things. Um, and then you're also going to get some clients that are entirely hands off. Uh, and then that that's more like they just give you the assignment and then they step away and they do their own thing. Because a lot of clients, especially in small business and small web, web, they have so much work that they've offloaded this on you. And they hope that they can continue their work because it's not directly tied to the website while you do all the, the brunt of the work. So it's it sometimes it's interesting because sometimes you have these situations where 
you want the client to stop communicating with you. And then the other flip side is you need like you need to ask questions of the client and they're not uh, responding back. So it, it's an interest like and this happens probably like most, I don't know, 50 50, I would say with our clients. So sometimes they're just like constantly talking to us about needless things that, that really don't matter. Uh, but, and then sometimes they'll just go away and then they like, we'll, we'll need some content from them. Like, Oh, can you write like, you know, a couple of points about the about so that we can, uh, put an about us page up and we won't hear back from them for a month. And there's not much you you can really do. Um, the general, general tips and tricks of that would be just to be consistent with your communication. Don't be overly aggressive. Don't, you know, call them 15 times a day to try to get them because you know that they're not responding to you because a, they just don't have time for that. Or B, they just, uh, they're not in the mindset. Sometimes it's a really like a really big mindset thing for them where they're like, I can't deal with the website right now because I need, uh, I need to focus my efforts and my thought process on this and I don't even want to talk to them. So that, that, that can happen too. So don't overly bombard them, but give a quick reminder. Maybe like if it's a very urgent thing at most once a day, but then like maybe keep it down to even like a couple times a week or once a week. If you can, if you, if you can afford to like drag on that process a little bit longer, if you have other clients to focus on. Um, yeah. So then the, another thing is that there's no clear cut way to determine which type of communicator communicator your client is other than working with them and slowly learning uh, their expectations. So just as you would with a friend, we all contact different friends in different ways, depending on how we've communicated with them in the past. And that's the same thing with clients. Uh, so it's, it, it's really like a give and take. So once you start working with a client, they can also evolve as well. So you start working with them all of a sudden their only phone. And you talk to them over the phone and that's it. And they, they don't even want to answer your emails. Like you, you email them. They'll call you to talk about the email that you just sent. That's happened many times. Uh, but then all of a sudden, like as you, as you build that trust in a relationship, they'll start, they'll start changing their ways of contacting you. So they'll start, uh, answering your emails, maybe just want moving on to text. And it depends on what's going on with their life. And you got to adapt to that. So you have to, you have to make sure that you can kind of go with the flow, but, also keep in mind that it's your life as well and you want to like set some limitations like if they want to all of a sudden use some obscure messaging app that you don't have installed uh and you're very against it for whatever reason that is maybe you have a clear-cut divide being like listen i don't have that application this is my reasons for not having it can we move on to like give them a choice of like three different ways to contact you I think that's a fair way to do it. That's a fair way to do it. But anyway, be flexible with the people and learn their communication patterns as you go. Um, I don't know, Matt, do you have anything to add to those three points? I know there's a few more points here. I don't know if you want to take over. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, but what, I guess I guess one of the things I, I'd like to add to that is 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 that we like, like don't be so strict, I think, to to say like, oh, I'm not going to necessarily download a specific app. But Mike is right in saying that when it's your when it's your life, like if you have, like I have nine or something like that chatting apps on my phone, I'm not downloading another one. Like, yeah. it, like it's just not going to happen at this point unless, unless one of them gets decommissioned. Like if I stop using Slack and start using something else, that's a totally different story. But like people always say like, oh man, have less apps and less stuff signed in. So your battery life is good. I got some friggin' news for you. I got some pretty bad battery life, um, <laughs> on my Samsung and I got a lot of freaking apps and like, they're all used by like one person. So, you know, definitely, you know, there's. I'm open clearly to trying different apps, but like sometimes it's just like, okay, I don't want to do this. Like this is, there's, there's too many apps now. There's too many yeah. apps. So, I mean, we've done app overload, but not to, not to dwell on that, but just something to keep in mind is be open, but sometimes you got to be firm. Um, 
I guess uh, to move on from like kind of apps and that type of thing, it, it's 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 the fact that some people um, are more face to face oriented, and they'll they'll want they'll want more in person meetings rather than emails or messaging. And while others just want like a quick message or emails, um, especially long form ones, they're they're too cumbersome for them. So what I mean by that is some people are some people want to do some people are really like fast like they're they themselves are entrepreneurs they're the guys that are really really quick and they they talk really fast and they go they go 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 those guys generally will want real quick calls real quick emails real quick sms like it's a hybrid but they don't want long reports long form conversation long form whatever generally right some of them do sometimes it's needed so they'll do it but generally speaking they'll want quick off the cuff you know put this in put this background in black make this text red make this this real easy real quick whatever see like mike said you gotta kind of roll the punches there but one thing i do want to mention is that if people want more face-to-face you know you know you have to do face-to-face meetings sometimes especially if the person is local or maybe you have to travel for work and that's absolutely fine but sometimes people want a face-to-face meeting when it's absolutely like and i mean absolutely unnecessary and sometimes what you need to do is you kind of have to either just say no, or you have to meet them in the middle middle ground and say, okay, I know you don't like Skype, but let's do like Skype with a webcam. Let's do, let's just do Skype. Like, let's just do Skype in another time. And, you know, try to accommodate them at the same time that you are, that you are changing or like not really necessarily abiding by what they said. Because sometimes people will be like, oh, drive on down to my my house and you know come on in and we'll have a 15 minute conversation about how this background should have been three font sizes bigger and then you can leave so it's like good so now i drove there used gas you know technically maintenance on the car then i like you know it took a bunch of time now i gotta drive back so it's like you're commuting it's like i could have literally received like a couple of messages you know we get a message back and forth or like you know one or two emails or a call for five minutes, and then we could have moved on. So sometimes, like, it's at your discretion, obviously. But sometimes it is absolutely unnecessary, and sometimes you have to push back. But for those people, though, you know, if things start to pile up. So one of the things that we did was, that we do with clients that like to meet in person is, that's fine, but we make things pile up. So we'll say to them, especially if we're doing a bunch of things for them, we'll be like, okay, let's let's leave that topic. Because let's say we're struggling to discuss. Let's say they have eight updates they want on a site. And let's say we do six of them and two of them are big and two of them are cumbersome. So while we're talking about all of them, we say, okay, let's work on these six and let's leave these two for an in-person meeting. And maybe we'll wait till there's four things and then we'll go and we'll have an in-person meeting. And that way it keeps them happy. You know, they're, they're, they know you're willing to do what they want to do um, and you're willing to go and meet them. You know, and an in-person meeting has its, you know, benefits, whatever, social contact and whatever. You're not cooped up at your desk. But at the same time, you are still having a lot of that desk time so that you can quickly kind of, you know, bounce around different tasks, do those six tasks, maybe work on somebody else's stuff in between while you're waiting for something to upload, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you kind of have to be kind of, you know, kind of fluent in that. Um, So I think with that, I think one of the things we should mention is we have like a whole bunch of ways that we personally, there's a whole bunch of ways to communicate with customers, but we have a couple of main methods we'll use. So we use uh, main methods with customers specifically is phone calls, Skype calls, which is obviously very similar and uh, messaging. So, you know, we'll message, message you on Skype or they'll message us on Skype and they can send files and that type of thing. The benefit of Skype over a phone call is that you can share screen, which is great for those people that love uh, the in-person meetings like they it's great for them because they get to literally show you the screen and you can be like oh i fixed that live sometimes you know it's a bit, if you can so you know that's really great um 
SMS, obviously. So texting, that's, that, that's a given. Like a lot of guys will find out, Hey, you know, like I know your mobile number now, you know, I'll just text you. I'll just text you this stuff or I'll text you the address or whatever, you know, whatever you need to communicate with them and they'll, you know, you'll do it. And then email, of course. So email is sort of like our more official uh, and my personal preferred method of contact in terms of more official stuff. Like I like to write, if I do a bunch of updates for somebody, I'll write not like a really lengthy report, but I'll be like, Hey, these updates are now completed. And these are the ones I've done. I've done this, 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 and this, this one's pending. This one I have a question about that type of thing. So that's what I do via email. Uh, and now we have like a bit of a different procedure, I guess it, I guess it would be called. Um, it's uh, business to business. So for business to business, um, we'll kind of use social media. And when I say business to business, I mean, so, so for example, um, for our Instagram page, for the HTML, all the things Instagram page, uh, a lot of the time we'll be talking with people that we want to repost uh, and we'll be talking to them via the Instagram DM. And that's the easiest, quickest, uh, best way to have it there. It's all sorted right there. I know where all the, I know where all my communications are. It's not like I have one guy on email, one guy here, one guy there, one guy here, but again, be fluent in that the one thing wasn't working via DMs. So we moved it to email. But generally speaking, all my Instagram communications are on Instagram, uh, Facebook group messaging. So, or like, you know, you know, when you can go on like a Facebook page and you can kind of go in via messenger, you know, we'll check that. Um, and usually that's business to business though. Uh, in our experience, obviously customers can use that uh, as well, but we don't prefer that. We definitely prefer, you know, email or call or, you know, maybe even a text either way. Um, and then obviously Twitter DMs. So Twitter DMs, same thing as the Instagram. We'll use Twitter DMs for just stuff on Twitter. Keep it organized. Keep it, keep it, you know, right there. When I open the Twitter app, I know what I'm doing. I'm in there for Twitter posts. I'm in there for posting on Twitter. I'm there there for reading on Twitter and I'm in there for getting messages and or like sending and receiving messages on Twitter. So that, you know, kind of keeps it, comes and keeps it together. But those, those three methods are for, for us, mostly business to business, um, or at least professional to professional, uh, sort of communications rather with the other ones. They are mostly customer. Um, unless you have any more to add to that, Mike, I think you can take over for segment number three there. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I'll add to uh, the Skype calls and messaging a little bit and the screen sharing that you mentioned. Uh, I think that's a huge one, uh, especially if your client is at all tech savvy. Uh, we do code reviews through screen sharing. Uh, we do, you know, design tweaks through screen screen sharing. And I work with like one of the clients is in uh, California. So without that screen sharing capability, I don't think I would, I would be able to take that job because most of our work is done through that. Even any sort of deployment, I'm kind of like a second pair of eyes when he does any deployment deployments. Um, I'm making sure that everything's going the right way uh, and vice versa. So we, we kind of, we use screen sharing extremely heavily with our, especially our technical clients, but I'm assuming Matt, uh, you also use it for when you're just like showing a design here and there. Um so it's it, it's important. I think it's an important part, and it's important that it works well. Because when it works terribly, then it's just like a disaster. And uh, thankfully, Skype has been pretty decent lately uh, with their new version. So I, I I recommend them for screen sharing right now. Uh, I used to recommend Hangouts, but Hangouts has been pretty much abandoned for the most part. So they have some issues here and there as well. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'll move on to segment number three, which is if I could just interrupt you, actually. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. yeah, Sorry about that. But I I just wanted to say one thing that I think uh, could be a value is with that screen sharing, uh, it just popped in my head that I actually mostly use that for, um, design and layout, uh, meetings. Mm -hmm. So one of the things is, is if you're using a a program like Webflow for making the site, or if you're using, you know, 
something where you're sharing you you've shared a wireframe so you've like given them a pdf of the wireframe and you have the wireframing program open and they do a screen share with you a lot of the times you can actually fix it on the fly especially with webflow if it's something easy you could fix it on the fly and that really proves to people especially the people that want to do an in-person meeting they're like wow we just did it like it's done we didn't mm-hmm. you didn't need to come here talk about it you go home you just schedule the schedule the change do the change message me tell me it's done i look at it we review it it's not like that it's really hey i wanted this changed i did it that's it so, you know, it depends on your software, but it's for those type of things, I find it extremely valuable. I just wanted to throw that in because I think yeah. I think that might be important for some people. No, you're definitely right. And I think it's a it's a good point where uh, customers I, that I've noticed, like pretty much all the customers that we've had really love it when you can do stuff on the fly like that. Like it, it's a tough thing to to do sometimes, especially when it's a more technical question. But if it's a design tweak, like changing the color here and moving this over there and you can do it on the fly uh customers will think like that that's the best thing ever so uh, it's a good skill to have and i've been developing it as well i've been coding on the fly a lot like right inside of our inside of our meetings and i find that the response i get from that is extremely positive so at first i was very hesitant to start because i knew that if i started they would expect me to do that but i i've set very clear limitations where like i'll say okay this i'll do offline and i'll do on my own time because i need to focus and check some things but uh i've noticed really like a, a good positive vibe from pretty much all of my customers that that i've done that with so uh, interesting um skill to kind of learn and practice with so definitely a good call there matt uh, so I'll move on then. So segment three, do's and don'ts. Uh, I'll start with the do's and then they, they kind of like interact with the don'ts as well, obviously. So so some of the do's that I've learned throughout my uh, throughout our time here. So establish a time frame for a customer to contact you. So this can be different between customers and it can also take into account time zones and stuff like that. So w- what I'm saying here is like instead of res- having a uh, a time frame of any time the customer could contact you. Like we have some customers that, you know, don't go to sleep until 3am in the morning. So, and they'll contact you at 3am in the morning. If you start responding to that at 3am in the morning, they will start expecting your response immediately, or they'll start respect, expecting your response at, at weird times where you don't, you're not usually up. So what, what's a good rule of thumb. And I read this in in a, in a book and I can't remember what the book's name is right now, but what's a good rule of thumb is, have a few set times during the day where you go and you check your emails and you respond. And even if the email comes in, you know, as you're uh, working and you see the email pop in like on your phone or uh, on your desktop, uh, don't don't go in and ruin your workflow just because of an email, because that a it it'll throw off your customer in the fact that they'll expect that from you. So they'll expect you to go in and reply right away if you keep doing that. And then as soon as you don't, you'll have a negative negative feedback because they they were expecting it and they didn't get it. So you if but as long as you set up your time frame to be convenient to their schedule. So let's say they have, you know, they usually send a response at the end of the day and you send them a response at the beginning of your day. That's an, a completely appropriate and a completely uh, efficient way of responding to the customer. Uh, whereas having it always come and then responding right away, it's going to mess up your day. It's going to mess up your flow. Make sure that you definitely set a established time frame with the customer and it doesn't have to be like I'm, you're talking to the customer you tell them that established time frame what i like to do is i i will just reply when my those like three times that i have so uh i think 
nine in the morning, I look at my emails, I look at my emails at around one, and then I look at my emails before I go get off work, which is around like six. Obviously, this varies slightly every every day, but I try to stick to that schedule. And then when when I reply, people are expecting my reply at that time, they get it, they're happy. So that's a consistent, consistent feedback for them. Um, so another thing is with the time zones. So we, we work with customers in California. California is three hours, uh, I, I believe, behind us. Yeah, behind us. Uh, so I can kind of take advantage of that because they, they want their correspondence in the morning. I can do my correspondence then in in the afternoon. So around 1, 1 o'clock is around 10 a.m. there. Uh, so we we do our correspondence that way. It works out for both of us great because then I can do my local correspondences in the morning and I can leave that to a little bit later and then I can do my and then I can work with them a little bit later in the day as well if I need to do anything else with local uh, with a local business. Um, so t- take advantage of the of the time frames. Take advantage of the time zones. Try to try to work like that uh, as you go. So. Another thing is uh, try to be prompt and consistent. Like I said, with the consistency before having those three set times in your communications. So you don't want to leave a communication off for a long time uh, and then respond randomly throughout throughout the day. You want to have that consistency. You want to have your customer know that if they send an email at the end of the day, they'll receive a response sometime in the next in the next day. Uh, sometimes that's not possible, obviously. And usually you can make that clear to the customer saying, hey, I won't, I won't be around my desk from this time to this time, maybe with an auto reply, maybe with just like a quick heads up before uh, in your last email, then you, they have something to kind of reference that. But try to be consistent. I, I prefer everyday communications. Some people prefer every other day communications. But like, uh, if you're as long as you're consistent and it's prompt enough and the customer is happy with it, then that's kind of what you want to aim for. You want to keep that keep that up and keep going with it. Don't fall be- fall behind. Um, also, uh, be professional and don't use needless slang. Um, so that's like when, I mean that's standard standard practice. Don't you know yo- put yo's in your emails or. Uh, don't don't have like random <laughs> random. I mean, I've I've seen it before. I've seen it many times. Try to try to have like a header, you know, a body and a footer. Try to try to keep it consi- try to keep it consistent in that way as well. Uh, I I try to avoid one line replies, although it doesn't happen all the time. And that leads me kind of into the if you're in like if, if you're just starting out, it's a new customer. I always keep it professional. I always keep it very uh, very structured. As soon as I know the customer for maybe even like a couple couple months or going on to a year, two years, and I know how they reply to me, and I know that we're kind of becoming more friendly, and I try to take I, I try to turn my professional relationships maybe not into friendships, but into a more um, beneficial relationship for the both of us. So we like I do we don't only talk about business all the time. Like I will bring up other things in in my in in my life. I don't I don't keep it strictly professional with all my customers, and I take it customer by customer, obviously, seeing which one actually wants that relationship, which one doesn't. Uh, but I find it beneficial to kind of have that trust back and forth. Uh, and then my correspondence has become a little more relaxed. And uh, I think the customer does appreciate that the fact that the, that they're being treated more than just like a person that they're getting we're getting money from, but more as like a, a friend, a friendship colleague kind of uh, kind of situation. Uh, so th- I found that to be pretty beneficial. And then um lastly is uh, take responsibility for miscommunication. So this happens and it's going to happen no matter what, no matter how structured you are, you're going to miss an email. You're going to miss a call. It doesn't matter. Like you, you might even see the email and then, uh, you know, something gets 
thrown off in your day and you don't get back to it. And then you get another email from the customer saying, oh, did you not see my email? And then you can you can say that, yeah, like, listen, I, I did see your email. I got thrown off by something during the day. It's my bad. I take I take responsibility for for the miscommunication. Let, let's like I'm going to try not to do that again. And cause I, I found that people really appreciate it when you take responsibility. Obviously, if you're doing it every day and you're taking responsibility every day, it's not going to help. But if it's a once in a while thing, you take responsibility for it. It's not going to be a big deal for the most part that I found. Uh, but as soon as you kind of try to play it off as no, I didn't see the email and it happens a couple times. No, I didn't see the email technology, you know, ha 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 ha. It, it, like that doesn't work anymore. People know how technology works. It, it's not an, like as, unless there's an actual serious issue causing emails not to go through, which is a very rare case, uh, and it does happen. But like unless there is, and you are you are seeing the emails, don't try to play it off like you're not. Uh, take the onus on yourself. Make sure that you don't uh, you don't and don't don't put it back on the customer either. Like don't be like, oh, it's it's your fault for emailing me at the end of the day. No, that doesn't it doesn't work like that. Make sure make sure to take responsibility. So that's uh, those are the do's, and then let's move on to the don'ts. Um, unless Matt, you have anything to add to the do's while while we're here? Yeah, for that actually, for that last part is is I have two specific uh, stories uh, that I had recently. One of them was a while ago, and the other one was more recently. So we're working on this one site, or like I'm working on this one site that uh, we we're kind of moving kind of fast and loose with it. So we have a bunch of, we we're doing like a bunch of stuff very quickly. This customer is very hands-on. So we're mo- moving through things very quickly. And because we're moving things through things very quickly, I inevitably every single time will actually miss something, but it's, but like to keep that in mind, it's not something that I'm doing necessarily wrong. And the customer is totally fine with it. Cause he's also missing something. So that's one thing that you have to kind of keep in, uh, keep, you know, in mind is that, you know, it depends on the actual type of communication that you're doing with the person like this. If this if the guy's sending you like sometimes it'll be 15 to 20, uh, you know, let's just say updates. And like I miss two of them at like almost every time. But it's because like a few of them were conflicting or whatever. Or in this case, in this particular case, uh, an incident happened where something went down and like we had to deal with support for a long time. And then it was like a whole like situation uh, and then there were multiple meetings about different things in between because of that. Like I was asked like, Hey, did you do that? And I just, I just say, Oh, sorry. I completely forgot about that. Cause we were dealing with that incident. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I take responsibility, but it's like, he's not, he's not, it's like, he's pissed off. Cause I'm still clearly dedicated to the project and I'm doing stuff for him. So it's like, you know, don't be super paranoid. If you're like sitting on the couch one day and be like, Oh my God, I forgot to do this. Like, obviously if it's something critical, that's at your discretion. But you know, you know, assuming your customer is like a normal person and not super strict, obviously it'll be like, oh yeah, of course, of course you forgot because, you know, we were dealing with 18 other things and you did all those things on time or quicker, you know, you delivered them, delivered them, as I said. So of course, like this person's not going to be like, what the heck? But if you didn't deliver on any of those 18 things, that's totally different. Uh, I had another incident where emails actually were not coming through. Um, I don't know if Michael will remember this, but I had this one incident where I had just purchased uh, the Galaxy S8 Plus. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go all in on all the Samsung software. Like, I'll just sign in with the Samsung app. I don't care, like, for the email. And what was happening was the Samsung mailing app was flagging one of our customers as spam, whereas on the service itself, I had explicitly marked him as not spam because what we had instructed this customer to do was specifically message us a whole bunch of times with the content that he wanted up. And then we have, like, a once a week 
um like content update on his site and what was ended up, what was happening was is it was putting him into a new folder called spam box and it was flagging him in the app as spam because I wasn't opening those apps and I was being messaged repeatedly from him so I missed like 3 weeks of emails and updates and that was like a problem and of course like that's not good like you know that's not going to make people happy but I just explained the situation and you know whether the person's happy or not you just kind of have to go and say like hey sorry I have a new phone like legitimately I have a new phone it sounds like an excuse and it is but it's legit. Like I have a, I have a new phone. It put, it was marking things as spam. I'm on it now. I've removed you from the spam box. Like that's all you can do, right? You, you're not going to make people happy. A bad situation is a bad situation. And sometimes people will advise you to not give excuses and don't give, you know, fake excuses. But if it's something that happened, I would just, you know, in conversation, there are people too, like we've said, just, just say what happened. Oh, you know, this happened here. Sorry, I'm on it. That's a big thing. I'm on it. Or maybe you already did it and be like, oh, sorry, I missed this. This happened, but it's already done. So yeah. that's yeah, just, like, it's, it's just like the work is what speaks for itself. So just, just a point of note, a couple stories there. Yeah, exactly. And that, those are good. Those are good points. And there's always exceptions to rules and stuff like that. So keep, just, just you know, keep a level head, keep it in mind. Uh, and like the, it's going to happen. Like it's, you're going to get a new phone. Something's going to go wrong. And you explain it to them again. That's not an excuse. I was like, when I was saying excuse, it was more referring to the fact that don't make something up just because like, don't, don't say that you didn't see the email when you did it. It, it becomes really obvious eventually. Um, so, and I'll, I'll move on to the don'ts now uh, with, with that. So the first one is kind of uh, kind of makes sense to what we were just talking about. So don't neglect answering just because you feel the customer won't like what you have to say. Uh, so like when, when you have bad news and it, it's going to happen, sometimes you will have worked on something and maybe your computer deleted it or something like that. I mean, with, with windows updates, anything can happen at this point, <laughs> your, your entire, as, as we've discussed, yeah, as we've discussed, like you, you don't know what's going to happen. Your entire folder could be deleted. Your entire document folder could be deleted. So stuff like that will happen and time will be lost. Money will be lost. Uh, and you'll feel really bad. Of, of course, I would hope so. And you won't want to communicate with the customer. You won't want to answer their emails. You won't want to understand. And they'll, they'll start like getting worried and they'll com- start continuing to communicate communicate with you because they're paying you money. And they'll call, call you and everything and they'll get worried. And the longer you leave it, the, the more worried they're going to get, the more it's going to bite you back. Like it, it's going to be worse, much worse. If it happens, my, my recommendation is immediately either write them an email or give them a call and own up to own up to the situation. Tell them what happened. Yes, some money will be lost. Yes, some some time will be lost. Yes, that 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 that's negative. But you'll definitely do A, B, and C to fix it. And you'll definitely do that. This and this. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, I'm going to you know wipe away this much money and you won't have to pay this. You don't have to do that. Uh, usually, when you're upfront and you're you're upfront with it, you don't like you you just have to fix the the issue. Don't don't say that you're going to give them their money back right away. Like there's, I don't think that that that's a good response to it. Like depending on the situation, but for instance, I've already told the story, but I had I had programmed like developed something in CSS Grid before, and uh, I had been very clear about developing in CSS Grid, and we talked about it, and it was great, and we had a good discussion. But we realized that some of the older iPads didn't support CSS Grid, so I had to go back and spend a bunch more hours developing uh, a you know a a way for it to work with uh, Flexbox. And 
that was a waste of time. Like that was a legit waste of time. Although I learned CSS Grid, I learned it on my customer's time and they, obviously they weren't too happy with that, but I owned up extreme, like right away with it. And uh, and they were fine. They were like, okay, mistakes mistakes happen. Now we know CSS Grid, we can move on to the future. It wasn't a big, it wasn't a big deal. Um, if I would have like, you know, kept it to myself and then charged them for eight hours of random work, uh, they would have questioned it because they should. They should question stuff like that. So, um, and I like I ended up charging them a little extra over the top because I had to get I had to get uh, a new a new framework developed. But it wasn't it wasn't anything extreme, and they were okay with it. So again, don't uh, don't neglect answering a customer just because you think they're going to feel bad or you feel bad or anything like that. Always be upfront and honest. Um, so the next thing is don't answer customer emails right away. Uh, when they come in every time. So again, this is this is to the point of the first do. Don't be don't be super super like on it every single day because the customer will expect it. The customer will want you to do that in the future, and it'll only bite you in the butt. Like you you just you won't be able to keep it up. There's no way you could always be answering customer emails the second they come in, and it's it's just not a good way to to set up your boundaries with the customer. Um, and then also the like fine, like the last point is don't put yourself in situations where you will be overwhelmed with communication. So don't if you're taking on, you know, 10 clients at once and they all need heavy communications, you know that's going to put a stress on everything that you're doing. All the communicate that that communication is going to take away from the work that you're going to be doing. So if you're taking on that amount of clients, you might have to pass off some responsibility, maybe hire someone, maybe maybe get like out, outsource some some of the work. Like you can't you try to Try to take communication into the factor like, yes, I can do 10 sites at once. Yeah, great. But can you communicate efficiently with 10 people at once that constantly want to know updates and stuff like that? That's going to eat into your majorly into your time to do those sites. So take always take communications into account, especially when you're quoting because you know that those communications are going to take time. Uh, I have a good example of this is when we first started out, I was working with the uh, Russian site and uh I obviously were first starting out, so I didn't know much, but that, that communication extremely, the communication that I, I had to do, it was on a daily basis. It was anywhere between 12 and 1 a.m. Uh, every day. Uh, I'm more of a morning person, so that was kind of killing me as well. And it was also in Russian, which Russian is technically my native language, but I moved to Canada when I was five. So Russian isn't exactly like I don't know it that well so I had to use a lot of Google Translate I had to like to write up an email it took me about maybe 40 minutes just to write up one email about like one topic so it was extremely stressful and it definitely my work during that time definitely suffered because of my communications um so always take into account all the situations when you're when you're quoting when you're doing when you're starting projects when you're taking projects uh communication is definitely a big thing to take into that account uh, I don't know any any other don'ts that you want to add there, Matt. I think you I think you basically covered it because I think I think the I think like you complimented all the points and the do's for sure. Um, yeah. The only thing the only other thing I was going to say is um, don't I'm trying I'm trying to figure out how to describe this, but like don't um, I think it comes back to the point where you were saying where it's where you were saying like don't necessarily email them back right away mm-hmm. and and because it like kind of like creates that pattern of like hey like this guy's going to email me back within five minutes every time yeah i think another way to do it i don't know whether this would be a do or don't i think it's more just a point is one of the things that we will do with our customers is what we'll do is we'll create a very clear procedure as to what's going to happen and they're used to it so whether whether communication happens or not like we we were excuse me, we were doing multiple updates, uh, for a guy, 
uh, on his site without emailing him for like for about two years. Like, you know, so we, we made a very clear procedure. He was sending us the stuff to put up. We'd put it up. We wouldn't even email him and that'd be the end of it. And then it got to the point where it was like he wanted communication. So you had to be like, you know, kind of be like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. No problem. But we created the expectation of, okay, this will be done within, you know, a seven or 14 day period and it'll just be done. And that procedure. So, you know, no communication can also be good communication because like obviously he's not complaining that it's not done. Mm -hmm. He's also not asking for more to be done. It's just done. So just, I don't know. I don't know whether that'd be, I was going to say, I was going to say it's a don't, but I don't think it is. I think it's more just a point that I thought of because of the do's and don'ts here. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, I think I'll move on to the uh, recurring segment then web news, uh, social overload. So this should be an interesting one. Uh, I'm just going to read through the points as we always do. And then we'll have a discussion. So social media is the vehicle that drives traffic to most online projects such as HTML, all the things. However, uh, with so many social media networks out there, it can easily become a project itself just to keep up with posting new material, let alone, let alone making, uh, that actual material. So one of the things that's interesting too, is this is sort of being officially recognized as because phone manufacturers and other apps are now tracking usage on various apps, letting people know when they're using their phone a lot, you can put little, little, uh, limits and stuff like that on. You can put, you know, you can see how much time you've been watching YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, social media and especially our mobile devices have made us almost like an addict in a way. And we're kind of addicted to checking the social media posting on there, uh, and other apps. And the fact that, you know, it's not just when we're sitting at a desk, the fact that it's everywhere, it kind of adds to that addict factor where, you know, sometimes people will, and like, I'm the guilty of this. Like you'll sometimes make sure something's framed a certain way in your life. So you could take a good Instagram photo. So it's, you know, it's, it's questionable and you know, that's, that's weird. I think like, it's weird when you say it. Um, but like, I mean, it happens and like, it's just part of our, our lives now. Um, so one of the things that I do want to say though, is, you know, social media is absolutely necessary. I'm not saying get off of it. I'm not saying that I think it's useful and I think it's still good and all that. That's fine. But in terms of a professional working, uh, relationship, I guess it would be called with a social media network. It's, what I would say is you should put work into the parts of social media that you want to make work out first. So basically work on your craft, you know, whether in our case we're making designs or making websites or making the podcast, you know, we're doing the web stuff. So make sure that like the, you know, like, like for example, we upgraded our audio setup, you know, so we're working on our craft. We're making, getting it better. Um, I've listened to a few of the, the very early episodes and they were not as smooth as these ones. So we're getting, we're getting better way better I think personally obviously I'm biased but we're getting like way better at like you know getting the podcast out and we're like posting more stuff on social and that type of thing so for example we're putting a lot of work into our Instagram account and we're getting as a result more followers and that type of thing out of that um but you can't excel at everything so obviously we're on Facebook we're on Twitter we're on Instagram we're on uh YouTube but that's more of a content thing but you know we're on all these things and of course of course you can of course you can, you know, post on all these things. And we do, everything's up to date. If you just want to follow us on Twitter, you're not going to miss anything. If you just want to follow us on Facebook, you're not going to miss anything. But our Instagram is more up to date and it's sort of more community oriented. We share a lot of UI and UX designs on there. Um, So one of the things is that we're putting more work into right now, the podcast, which is getting, which hit a major milestone of over 2000 downloads now. Uh, we, we also putting more work into the Instagram, which has the most followers of any of our social medias. And so we're putting the work in and we're getting a result out of it. 
we're learning new things like, hey, don't post this. Hey, use these hashtags. Hey, post at this time. Hey, this, do that. Change this, change that. Talk to these people. Don't talk to these ones, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A whole slew of things that we're learning. But like I said, you can't excel at everything. So one of the things that we're doing to sort of fan things out to try to get to the point here, one of the things that we're starting to do to sort of fan things out so that we get at least a decent amount of content in each of our social medias is that we're making more content out of a single piece of content so that we're not overloaded. So I'll explain what I mean by that is so, right. So one of the things that I'm doing is I'm sort of learning Adobe XD. I've never used it before. So we're, you know, I'm sort of learning Adobe XD and I have a couple of little design ideas. Well, because I have a couple of like, you know, layouts and designs ideas, I have to, you know, wireframe those. I have to maybe draw them really quick, you know, really like really rough sketches. I have to, you know, I have to make the design. I have to make it. And so, and so I'm doing all that stuff anyway, and all of that can be content. So for example, maybe I can get an article out of that for our medium. Maybe I can get a couple of photos or a photo for Instagram. Maybe I can get an opinion uh, tweet out of it. So maybe I can ask people's opinion on something, or maybe I can say, Hey, you know, I tried these three apps for wireframing and I didn't like this one. I like this one, etc. And And so you're getting, you know, out of that one design, I'm getting, you know, the Adobe XD experience. I'm getting an article. I'm getting a photo or two. I'm getting a tweet. I'm getting you know a Facebook post that goes in there because Facebook's just sort of like uh, where we post things in general you know what I mean it's it, it's I almost equate Facebook actually to the email of social media if that makes any sense but um, so th- that's one of the things I'm saying and and for example to make our Instagram better we want to make IGTV content so maybe I can make an IGTV video out of this so now out of one thing you know I had to make a bunch of content and so there was more time put into it, but I'm working on my Instagram. I'm making sure my other stuff is up to date. I'm learning more stuff and I'm getting a whole bunch of things out of it. So it lessens, in our opinion, the overload of, okay, I got to have a unique tweet today and I got to have a unique Facebook post and I got to have a unique Instagram picture and I got to make sure I talk to these people on Instagram today. And then I got to go on IGTV and film this, but I got to do it in selfie cameras. I got to get this camera. And it, like it's, a, it's a whole slew of things. If you're doing something, see if you can break it up and see if you can get more pieces out of it. Um, I don't know what you have, what you have to add to that, Mike, for social media overload, but as you well, know, I've been overloaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the thing is that you're the one that's taking the brunt of it. I, I do a lot of checking. Like, I do a, a ton of, like, hey, how's our Instagram doing? How's our podcast doing? Like, I, I do a lot of, like, checking on it on social media. I'll post every once in a while, and I'll kind of try to link back to us. Um because like I, I'm pretty proud of what what, what we've done so far, uh, and thank you everyone for listening. Especially like the the podcast has really done a lot better than we thought it would, and we're happy about that. We didn't know how well it would do. Obviously, it's my first time podcasting. Uh, it's our first technical podcast, I guess, um, and we're happy with with the feedback we're getting. Uh, would love some more. Obviously, let us know if you if you know of anything we can improve or what you like and stuff like that. Uh, but. I'm just I'm I'm happy with what how it's going, but I like the social overload aspect of it. I definitely feel it, even though I'm not even like creating the content. Well, I'm creating the content, but I'm not doing the actual posting. Uh, so I don't know how you're dealing with it because, like, I know you you told me that you don't check anymore. Like, you check once a day or even once every two days to see how we're doing, and that's probably a really good way to do it. But I like I I still you know whenever I sit down with like with a coffee, I'll be like, oh, how's our Instagram doing? And it's sometimes like I'm happy. Sometimes I'm frustrated. Uh, sometimes it's just like whatever, like it's doing, it's, it's there. Like, I don't know why I do it, but it's very like instant, right? Like I don't even think about it. And it is, I guess a social overload for me right now, because I was never really into the, 
the social media. Like I, like I had an Instagram before, but I would just post like a random picture of a dog or like a nice skyline or something like that. If like, if I, if I wanted to, um, I never really thought of it as a marketing utility. I never really thought of it as a connection utility, uh, to meet other creators and stuff like that, which is, which is interesting. Um, and then the other thing you mentioned was, uh, like work on part, different parts of the social aspect while you're doing content. And I agree with that. And we've wanted to do that ever since the very start. And I even started recording my development sessions. So whenever I started to sit down and start developing anything for hat specifically, I wouldn't do this for my clients, but anything for hat, I would start a recorder with uh, OBS and I would start recording that video. So if anything happens during my, you know, development, I could take a snippet of it and throw it up there. Now, I haven't done that recently, but I will start doing that again because I found it actually kind of really useful and it, and it almost kept me on track. Uh, with my development like I, I you know if I get sidetracked it's going to be recorded that's not a great thing so I found that to be a cool little like you know side aspect of recording yourself while you're doing certain tasks uh, the other thing is that what I want to do is uh, I don't know if how many people have looked at it but I've made a couple of Vue.js guides and I'm, I'm working on the third one still because like as we're doing the website I'm learning more Vue.js skills and uh, I have a, an interesting thing with a uh, a store like a, a local store uh component where you'll be you'll be able to like share data between the different components without having to bring in a large uh, vuex component into it uh the view the vuex is kind of like what the state management system is for view but it it, it is a little bit ex- expansive and a little bit more complicated to set up it's not very difficult but it is more than a regular s- simple static site would need so i want i want to do something that will kind of benefit the people that are just kind of learning Vue and want to use Vue for very limited, very small little sites. Uh, I want to have like a very simple to use component in there for that. So what I want to do with that is I want to record, um, first of all, all the guides that I've already created, I want to record tutorial, kind of quick tutorial videos on how to, you know, get quickly set up with Vue, on how to uh, create components, uh, styled components, stuff like that with Vue. And I want to post them on YouTube. So then again, I'm creating content for HTML, the things, and I'm also doing uh, social media content for YouTube. Uh, eventually, we could also take uh, take you know screens and stuff like that and post them on Instagram. So it's a like you said, it's kind of like taking everything and putting it you like ma- making your time more efficient because making content every day for the social media is very time consuming uh i know you do it for the most part but even when i have to like you know do do some stuff for it um i find like i i I think too much about it even like even when i'm not doing it i'm thinking about how to do it and that kind of disturbs my flow so i think you're right in the sense where we have to start taking advantage of the content that we're creating for hat to be able to use that more efficiently for the social medias if that makes sense I think it. I think it definitely does too, because mm-hmm. it, it's it's one of those. It's like you're right. It, it you're really right in the flow aspect. It's because people always say like, don't check your phone too much when you're working. Yeah. You know, don't check this too much when you're working. You know, maybe mute notifications and just check. You know, f- have your phone flipped over and then you know flip it back up, screen up, so you can actually read the things every hour or whatever your, whatever your you know whenever you need to, depending on how urgent your messages typically are. But it's it's one of those it's one of those things where. You know, I'll be writing something. And I'll be like, oh, this could be good for Instagram, but I don't have like this screen recorder set up. So then it's like you go down the rabbit hole, like trying to figure that out. And then it's like, oh, good. Now I didn't finish any of this. So like, I wonder if it's, if it's almost in a way in terms of the social media content, because 
like it's almost like a skill because one of the things that we're doing, I think, rather effectively on Instagram is, you know, we are sharing a lot of UI and UX experiences on there. And I think like people are like people are getting a bunch of likes and we are getting followers. And I think people are enjoying that. And obviously we're giving exposure to, you know, a network of people and, you know, they, you know, do in kind, they'll sometimes post about us and their stories and that type of thing. And that's really great. And so it's, you know, it's exposure for exposure. And that's exactly what social media is supposed to be. But I think one of the problems is, uh, is that, is that like they, those guys are, oftentimes and i'm assuming to an extent but those guys are oftentimes the ui guy and they are fully set up with the ui experience so they already have like a photoshop template um where what they do is they go into their design program let's say it's sketch they get their sketch done they'll take like a snapshot or whatever they'll dump it in the photoshop uh template to make sure that it's the right aspect ratio and that type of thing they'll export and post it and like they're so they're so ready, but that in itself is a skill, right? Like I'm assuming that's what they do because a lot of those guys do like a daily design. Um, so what I'm thinking is, is like, you know, we're doing a lot all at the same time. And I'm thinking that maybe it's just like a, like a skill, like anything else where, you know, we've kind of gotten the skill at, okay, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's get some, let's get like a little network of people. Let's get some tags going. Let's, you know, let's start cross sharing. Let's build up the following. But then at the same time, it's like, okay. You know, we're sharing each other's content, but what about our content? So then it's like, okay, well, now I've spent all this time talking to these people and doing all this. Now I need to make content, but I have never thought of that and I need it now. So then now you start thinking about that more. So I think it might be one of those things where as we go through it, we might get faster at it. Like right now, I know kind of I'll be like, you know, flipping through Instagram be like, oh, this person has cool designs. I'm going to message them. Whereas before I'd be like, do I message them? Do I comment on their stuff for a bit? And then I message them. Do I like, there was a thought process. Now, now there, now I have like a procedure. Oh, I like this person's stuff. I think it's really cool. I want to share it on my page. I'm going to go share it on my page with their permission. I'm going to ask them and then I'm going to, and then I'm going to post it up and then that's it. You know what I mean? Like, like, th- like that, that's done. So I think that, fr- I mean, and this, this almost sounds shallow for some reason, but but like like framing our work life in a in a light that social media would enjoy like a, in a presentation fashion is something that i think we might get used to like you were saying with the coding like live like one of the things i was going to what i was thinking of doing was doing um I, well I'll, I'll just i'll just announce it so like quite literally one of the things that we were talking about this week was we were talking about having a so like let's say i'm trying to learn adobe xd as i said and let's say I want to make a real easy a lemonade stand website. I want to make that design. So what I do is I do like a bit of research to see what other lemonade stand people do. And I'm making a generic one. So I'm not looking up specific market conditions, but just as a general point, I go around, and I look at what do lemonade stand websites need? What do they have on there? What's the graphics? What's this? What's that? What's this? So there's, there's my market research. That's content in itself. Then I can go and make it on Adobe XD. That's content in itself. I can write about the, the market research and the experience. That's content. Then I could possibly have a video of it. That's content. Like, you know what I mean? So there's like, there's all this, but every step of that, I'm stopping and thinking, how do I frame this? I think that will go away. And I think that could be live streamable. Like there, like there's another idea, but that would be a whole other thought process. Like mm-hmm. you were mentioning Twitch. Um, or OBS or something. I don't remember what you were mentioning. Was it OBS or Twitch? Well, I mean, like I, oh, I mentioned OBS, but uh, it leads into the fact that I could start streaming on Twitch through OBS with like, if I want to stream a live, you know, dev development session, I could technically do that right now. 
Right. So like, and, and right now, and, and I'm assuming again, but like right now, I assume that you would need to think about it like a lot to, in order to plan it, do it, make sure it's done right, test the audio, test the street, whatever, right? You yeah. would have to do that. Whereas if you do it, like let's say you did it next week and then you do it the week after, then you do it the week after, that like third or fourth week, it's going to be like, okay, guys, we're going to go. There's no sit down and prep time. It's just mm-hmm. click. Yeah, so I think, that, I think that maybe, and this is like, and it's overload again, but maybe using social media more in my personal, on my personal side will help me get better at it professionally as well. Just using social media more in general. Mm-hmm. That's almost like the polar opposite of overload where I'm dumping more on, but it's like, I need <laughs> to do marketing. gasoline on the fire, yeah. Just dumping gasoline on the fire, but it's like, we need to do this marketing. Like it needs yeah. to be done, right? Because, because like, I mean, people that, people that are listening to this now, you know, maybe if you're new here, welcome. But if you're a recurring person, you know, you've hit the subscribe button. And, you know, maybe you're you're checking us out on Instagram or Twitter and we appreciate that. But, like, realistically, you don't even need that social media to keep up with us. But how does the guy who doesn't know who we are find us? You know, he's not going to just randomly be searching the net and find HTML, all the things. He's going to be like, oh, I need to I need to be found. So we need to constantly do these, like, shout outs almost like like, you know. Hey guys, we're here, we're here, we're here on social media. And then eventually through hashtags and the algorithm and every other thing, we get found by certain people, we get reshared or whatever. And then people start following us. And that's how you, and this is for most online businesses. This is how you get more customers, more buyers, more whatever. And this is how you make connections in the industry too. It's like, you know, you can make industry, you know, connections across the world with social media. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where, yeah, like being overloaded to an extent, but I'm posting more than ever and I'm not putting as much work as I did when just posting once or twice a day. Uh, you know, it's like, let's say it took me an, an hour. I, I'm totally ballparking. I have no idea. But like, let's say it took me an hour to post, take, make two posts because I had to think about it, find the app, find the graphic, do this, do that, do that. Now I like kind of just have a procedure. So I think that you're right in that, you know, if you keep messing around with that OBS without going live, then you don't have to think about that part. Then you can start putting work into the Twitch part. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's it's about putting the work in. So I don't know if this is really a conclusive web news because like, I think we're still questioning it. Well, I think we're going to keep questioning it until... Well, I, I don't even think there is an until because A, everything is evolving. So all these social media sites have algorithms. The algorithms keep changing. You have to evolve with those algorithms changing. You don't even know what's changing. So you have to kind of like try different things all the time. Uh, so that's a and B, I don't like, I don't see a point where we're going to be like, I'm satisfied with our growth. You know what I mean? Like right now we're like, obviously we're growing. Are we satisfied? No, we, we want to grow faster. So we're going to, I think that's going to keep happening. Like we're going to be growing and we're going to be like, oh wow, we're, we're growing great, but let's, how do we grow faster? So I think that with social media and with this kind of stuff, there is no, like there is no, you know, defined set limit of, okay, I'm good now. Um, I think you have to keep evolving. Otherwise you're going to get left in the dust, uh, which is like slightly unfortunate, but it's, I think it's the only way to make it fair. Uh, otherwise people will just take advantage of it and there will only be like three creators and that's it because people will just find the ways and the people that did it, did it first, that's it. They win. Uh, this gives it a little bit more of a challenge for everyone because at least they have, there's a chance for the newer creators to come in and, uh, start being discovered. So I, I, I like that about it. And then I also don't like it because again, you're overloaded. You have to constantly be updating. You have to constantly think about it. Like, you're, you're, I'm going to Toronto today. Uh, should I take a picture and post it on Instagram? Like that—that that, that is actually a thought that I've had today. 
it's a and, weird and thought. the the answer is yes because answer, you should you, you should tag it in the in the story yeah exactly <laughs> that's what i mean like it, it it's going to happen and uh but like again it's taken over my thought and it probably sidetracked me at some point during the day so i think we have to get better at a posting i think we have to get better at also not getting uh getting disturbed with the flow and i think like you said i think as we become better with posting it's not going to be an issue for us to get disturbed because there's going to be an automatic thing we're going to be like oh yeah this is how you do it because we already have all the apps set up everything set up all the templates are there and stuff like that so i think that's the conclusion that i want to make in this web news at least is we'll just keep evolving and and let you know how it goes. We'll, we'll we want to give like we'll have another social overload episode maybe like you know in a year from now or six months from now where we give an update on how it's going, what we did wrong before, and stuff like that. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, I agree. And I I would also like to note too that if you're one of those people that don't want to enter an overload like thing, I mean one of the things that a lot of an overload state I guess is the right word, but one of the things that a lot of entrepreneur uh I guess they'd be uh, how tours, or I don't really know. You describe it. It's like the the business help guys online. You know, you see tons of them. You know, it, a lot of them will say be everywhere, and that's right. But if it's not going to work for you, you know, and it's totally up to your discretion. But if it's not going to work for you, maybe start with one. You know, maybe claim all your usernames or something. You know, to make sure you have them. But then uh, across all the services, then maybe just post on Twitter. And if you just post on Twitter for a year and you end up getting a huge following, then you're posting on Twitter for a year and you get a huge following. We have a customer that only does Twitter. We have a, I, I know a couple of people that only do Twitter, and they're totally successful. They're totally fine. It's not a big problem. They don't have to deal with, you know, they have to deal with one algorithm, essentially, one algorithm, which is Twitter's one set of, you know, like image dimensions to remember, which is Twitter. They don't have to deal with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the cards, you know, the cards that are on tweets, uh, whether the previews are going to work on their on their links on on you on facebook like i mean for us i think it's kind of critical that we're in all of them because our content is so vast like our content is very different like we do a lot of podcasting but then once our like once once we get into it we're going to do more templates we're going to do more technical stuff we're going to do more writing so we kind of have to be everywhere but if you're a person that like just sells things on etsy you know etsy's etsy's almost a social in itself in a way like it's you know you're on a discovery network and now you can now you can, you know, maybe go to Twitter and just take to Twitter first and see what happens. And then, oh, I'll add Instagram. I think maybe Instagram is better for me. Maybe you'll switch. Maybe you won't. And we actually have a customer where he has said on Facebook, please find us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And people have like liked his page a lot on Facebook. And then they just moved over, over to Twitter. And they moved over to Twitter. And like, you know, that may work for your situation. It may not. It's totally up to your market and your thing. But I think overload is a... is is inevitable but i think that you it's almost i i think i think you maybe mentioned it mike i think it i think it's almost an efficiency thing mm-hmm. you just have to be efficient and you have to be good at it yeah. um i think that really concludes that because i think we're just going to keep talking in circles uh yeah. and until we kind of evolve ourselves uh i don't unless you have anything else to add there mike nope i think we're good Alrighty. Well, I'm going to run the conclusion then. So thank you for listening and make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing on the platform of your choice. You can follow us on the socials via at all 
at, sorry, at HTML, all the things on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us via at HTML, everything on Twitter. We're on Medium. We're on GitHub. We just recently got onto Stitcher as well. So if you're on that app, go check that out. You can also find us on the Spotify as per the usual. You can also find us on Patreon if you want to support the show. You can uh, go to patreon.com slash HTML, all the things, and give that a go. Check out the tiers. See which rewards you'd like or which ones you wouldn't like, and go give that a go and let us know. Uh, Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform you're listening to this on, and we are signing off.